0: Thank you for joining us today on rejecting offers in a hot seller's market. I'm Laura Prowse with Crest Insurance Services. Today, we welcome attorney Catherine Holbert from Farmer Case in Fedor. Catherine has been defending real estate professionals in Nevada for more than 15 years and is a very active member of our Crest legal panel. Along with Catherine, we have Dave Miller, Regional Vice President with Fidelity National Home Warranty. Dave manages the Crest Advantage Home Warranty Plan that ties in with Crest's E&O Insurance. We have a lot to cover. So Dave, I'll hand it off to you and let's get started.
1: Well, thank you, Laura, and thank you, Catherine, for being here. This is our second risk management uh, webinar, if you will, for the uh, real estate professionals in Nevada. And it's kind of needed because there is so much going on there. Uh, Catherine, you recently released uh, your law firm, uh, Farmer Case and Fedor, uh, a risk management piece on rejecting offers. Before we get into that, can you just kind of give us a landscape Uh, and a quick summary of of how the market is uh, and how hot it is in Nevada and some of the obstacles
2: yes it is it is extremely hot sellers market the inventory is very low um it is um you know just just very hot multiple offers on every property everything is selling above list price above appraisal price um of course cash offers are you know preferred um there's some other you know ways to try to get offers accepted that we talked about last time. Um, but it, it is very difficult and results in in multiple offers on virtually every listing that's out there. And by multiple, I don't mean five or 10. I mean, 20, 40, 50, 60, you know, a lot of offers. Um, and of course, as you're dealing with those, you know, whether you're a client, uh, you know, representing a buyer trying to get a, an offer accepted, or you're representing sellers that are happy to deal with these many multiple offers, um, it creates issues in communication and you know properly responding to all of those offers that come in.
1: That's crazy. Now, we think it's a hot seller's market. Everybody's just sitting back selling everything and, and there's no issues and everybody's making a ton of money. But with those, uh, those successes come a lot of complications. And, and I'm sure you're seeing that in the real estate transactions. And so that's what we're going to talk about with your rejecting offers piece, can you talk to some of the statutes that are involved uh, with uh, real estate professionals and, uh, and and when they have to reject those offers?
2: Yes, it's an interesting interplay of, of several different... Um, uh, rules, I guess, that the primary rule that, that most agents are familiar with would be their statutory duties under Nevada Revised Statute 6454, which states that the licensee has a duty to convey all offers to their client. So if you're representing uh, a seller, you absolutely have to convey all offers to the client. Um, that, uh, of course, is interesting. You know, if you've got one offer, you send them the offer, you talk about it, you decide if you wanna accept it or reject it. If you have 50 offers, Your client doesn't wanna see 50 offers. They don't wanna go through them. They aren't able to go through them. That's why they've hired you. You're the expert. Um, What I have seen and kind of my recommendation is a summary spreadsheet. So Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to send them every single offer. Uh, And of course they don't have to go through it. You used to give them a summary, um, you know, and of course you've got some direction from them. It may very well be, I don't even wanna look at anything that's not a cash offer. Um, In that case, you know, you set aside the ones that aren't cash offers and and use a spreadsheet to kind of compare the, um, you know, the cash offers that have come in. The the key factor is they have to review, um, you know, the the primary terms, the the significant terms of each offer.
1: That's crazy. So, I mean, let's assume that a a home does have 30 offers on it. Uh, Who's doing the checks and balances there so that every single offer is responded to? because you don't wanna go and have one missed, correct? I mean, that could cause a lawsuit or a violation of a code or a statute.
2: Absolutely, and, and of course, like I said, the, it starts with communication with your own client Is you're representing the seller. You know, What are they looking for? What are the important terms for them? Are they looking for a quick close? Um, you know, Are they looking to stay actually in the market now? it's hard to find another property. Um, I'm hearing more and more about people negotiating um, to stay in the property after the close of escrow because they don't have anywhere else to go. Um, So it starts with knowing the, the important terms that are what's important to your client and then giving them the offers that best fit that and discussing those offers in detail while at the same time telling them we have these others offers that have come in um, and so that they are at least aware of, of all of the offers that have come in and that they, that they are aware of the specific terms of that, not necessarily each one. Um, now, the other interesting code that comes into play is the administrative code, and the administrative code NRS uh, or Nevada admin, administrative code six four five three six three two requires that um, that offers be rejected in writing, um, and that's interesting. And really, the very best thing to do is every offer that comes in, and of course, in Nevada, we have two different basic form offers one that's used in the north and one that's used in the south now from a contractual standpoint contractual law doesn't require a rejection if an offer is not accepted it's automatically deemed rejected and both of the offers say that however they also both provide a space for you to actually reject the offer and return it and really the administrative code is what requires that to be filled out So the very most appropriate thing is on every single offer to have your client sign the entire offer, which I think the one in the South is 13 pages and the one in the North is like 10 pages and they're supposed to initial every single page (laughs) and then sign the back of it. So it's kind of a a hassle to do it. If you've got one offer, absolutely return the whole thing. Sign it rejected, return the entire thing that it's been rejected. Um, Of course, it can be, a problem if you've got 50 offers that need to be rejected because then you're in a position of you know trying to make money and trying to do stuff and now you've got to spend you or your assistant has got to spend multiple hours you know prepping all of these for a sign or however they're going to be signed and sending them out and you're spending a lot of time um rejecting offers (laughs) and that of course isn't going to make anybody any money However, the code requires that it be done. What I am seeing a lot of and what the division has been seeing a lot of is people are just signing the final page of the contract and sending just the final page back where it says rejected. Please don't do that. (laughs) Um, The division has actually come out and said, please don't do that. And I say, please don't do that because you should never return part of a contract either return the whole thing or don't return the whole thing and actually the code doesn't require that the contract itself be returned Um, so if you just want them to sign one quick form kind of create a separate form that just says i seller have reviewed the offer that was submitted by such and such person on such and such day and i hereby reject it and that's the single page form you can return Um, and you can kind of create your own or whatever but don't return just one page of the contract Um, you know even that could be time consuming if you're doing 50 of those that have to be set up in just a statement Um, it, it it can be acceptable to um you know, essentially do an email to your, if you're representing the seller, um, you know, and of course you've discussed all of the offers, you know, with your client. So you send your client an email saying basically, you know, as per our discussion of the 50 offers that came in, you have decided to accept blank offer and reject all others. And they send that back in writing and confirm, yes, I'm rejecting all offers except for this one. And then as the seller's agent, you can send an email to all of the other offers and say, your offer has been rejected. Um, And that is the key is um, the code, the purpose of the code, the administrative code is to make sure that um, people that submit offers, potential buyers know that their offer has been rejected. You don't have to tell them why, nobody has to make any explanation as to why, but um, they do need to have some communication that their offer has been rejected so that they can move on and try to do something else. Um, Now, of course, sometimes those offers may be kept as backup offers. Um, And and my recommendations have been, if somebody gets like that generic email that says your offer has been rejected and they write back and say, can you please have them sign you know, the entire offer and send it rejected to go ahead and do that. Um, But if you need to do one or two versus 50, you're, you're much better off.
1: (laughs) Sure. I can imagine you would not want uh, anybody who rejects an offer to say why that would be no, very dangerous, very
2: dangerous. Don't get into any details. Um, You know, and, and it could just be simply, you know, we've, you know, there was an, another offer that better fit my client's needs, something like that. Um, you right. know, you absolutely don't want to get into any details as to, as to why.
1: Perfect. Now, let me ask you a question. And I've had it here once in California. And I don't know if it's happening in Nevada, but there are so many offers on a property. And if you're taking in 30 or so offers, as soon as you sit down and do your spreadsheet, like you talked about, All of a sudden there's another five offers in and I saw it one time here where agents said all offers are due by next Thursday and then we're done. Is that a good practice or is that something that you would advise against or or to do?
2: Um, you know, I, I do see it and it's one way to just try to manage the market. Um, again, you have to be careful and I would not advise saying we are not accepting any offers after that day because you have to, if they come in, you have to look at them. Um, you can say that we're not looking at any offers until like Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Um, And that that way, you know, so you're not responding. But if you if that's your position and your client's position, because of course, you've got to rely on your client's direction, what they say. So if you're putting on the MLS Monday morning, and and your client just wants to wait and see what offers come in, and then is going to look at them all Thursday morning, then you need to put in the remarks, you know, we're reviewing the offers. Now, of course, the problem comes in if somebody goes ahead and submits an offer on Monday and they want a response deadline for Tuesday, what happens? You know, you have to look at it. Yeah, you, you can't just let the response deadline go. Um, you, need to, you need to be very careful and put in the agent-agent remarks. You know, we are looking at offers Thursday morning, please make sure that your acceptance deadline is Thursday at noon or something like that. However, if you say, you know, please do it by Thursday at noon, and you get something at 1230, to comply with NRS 645, 2544, you have to give that offer to your client, you know, so you have to present all offers regardless of of when they come in. Um, So you can't, Say to anybody, it's too late. I'm not passing this offer along. Um, you have to convey all offers.
1: Right. It sounds like those agents that are trying to to do a good job and be diligent about it, they still can't manage that and override that. They still have to to uh, to send those offers to the to the sellers. That's uh, that's crazy. right. And
2: of of course, once your client has actually accepted an offer. Um, then you can just respond to offers that come in after that. You know, my clients already accepted an offer. However, I'll let them know that this has come in, you know. Right. And of course, then you're immediately changing it on the MLS to show that it's under contract so that hopefully that will stop the, that's what stopped the offer coming in. You know, once they see that this property is already under contract, they're much less likely to even submit an offer.
1: Sure. You mentioned earlier about the Northern Nevada and Southern Nevada forms. Uh, let's talk about the purchase agreements. Do those expire, and how do those, when they expire, uh, affect these this this market and these multiple offers?
2: Well, they just uh, both of the documents um, have got a provision that says if this offer is not rejected by, and then the agent has to fill in a specific date and time. By that date and time, it automatically expires. Um, now you can, and I absolutely have seen people essentially accept or counter an offer that's expired. Um, If you're doing that, you have to make sure that your acceptance or counter offer has a term in it that extends that deadline. Because Mm -hmm. technically under contract law and under that contract, it's now a dead contract. So you essentially both have to agree to revive it before you can carry on. But you can do that. Um, both parties can say, "Hey, we hereby agree that the 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 acceptance deadline under the original offer is hereby extended to an a new date and time that allows for the counter offer and whatnot." But uh,
1: yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I was just say, it's obviously better to do it right in the first place.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. you talked about some of your best practices of, of being diligent and going through all of those offers and rejecting each one. What are some alternative methods that some agents can use that are safe for them to use and, and legal um, that are that are helpful?
2: Um, like I said, the, the absolute best practice scenario is to absolutely sign and return the entire offer. Rejected initial every page. Um, send in the whole thing. Have them sign the rejection. That is a number one best practice. Um, if you're in a situation that you're just like, I have too many offers. I have too much going on. That's too much work. I I just I need to not do that today. Um, you can consider other options. What you can't do, and I don't. You know, you never want to be in a position of telling. The, administ- you know, the, the division or the judge or a jury, I didn't have time to do it right. So you've at least got to take a breath and think about, is there a way that I can still do this and still meet all of my obligations without having to return every offer? Um, and yes, there are some. Uh, again, you don't just use them as a matter of course, you only use them if, hey, I have just simply got, too many offers to handle any other way. Um, and in that case, you can use, like I said, that one form, just a one sheet form. If you say, hey, I can't return every every completed contract, come up with your own just statement. But again, you're doing it for every single offer and your client is signing the statement for every single offer. I, you know, seller reviewed this offer and hereby reject it and sign it. It doesn't have to be complex, but it has to be one for every offer. So again, you're dealing with a lot. That is, um, I would say, second best case scenario. Um, third best case scenario would be just essentially an email. I'm accepting this offer and hereby rejecting all other offers. And then they're signing it. And that satisfies the written requirement. Um, it is definitely a third best option. Um, and the problem is, is you do not want to send that email to anybody else. So as a, as a broker representing the seller, you're holding that email in your file so that you've got documentation that they gave you a writing rejecting all other offers. But then you're sending an email to everybody saying that you know, your offer has been rejected. So they're not getting actually something signed by the seller; they're getting something signed by seller's agent.
1: Just crazy. You're you're busier than ever uh, handling these uh, situations. Real estate professionals are busier than ever. Is there an end to this?
2: Um, <laughs> you know what? Um, I I am not seeing one right now. I, I mean, they're building in Vegas. There's still a lot of people moving in. It is still a very tight market. I am not hearing. Um, from anybody that it is is really um, you know changing right now.
1: Yeah, I see. Uh, you know, of course, us on the outside looking in at Nevada, we see all this uh, you know sand that just <laughs> building houses. I mean, build another five, six hundred thousand houses, and that'll fix it. But I know that's not always the uh, the easy the easy fix.
2: Yes, it is. I mean, they are definitely building, but they are not um, keeping up with demand. <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate your time today, Catherine. It's a great risk management piece. Uh, the Crest members that are, uh, that are watching this uh, webinar have access to the Crest website for this uh, great risk management piece. Hope the information was great. Catherine, again, thank you so much for your time. You have such a great pulse on the uh, Nevada real estate market and uh, the information is very valuable. So we appreciate your time.
2: You're so welcome. Thank you very much for allowing me to have this opportunity.
1: Always, always. We'll check back in uh, with you in a a couple of months. Hopefully things have calmed down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'll
0: see, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Laura, back to you. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Catherine. You guys always do such a great job. And yeah, we'll see what the market holds. We may be visiting with Catherine sooner rather than later. Um, So thank you all, whoever's watching. we just want to say thank you for joining us today. And a copy of this webinar is available on the Crest Insurance homepage if you look under the Claim Prevent blog we'll see you soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you guys.